Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger of J. Rieger & Co., joined as always by an okay acquaintance, Matt Basinger of Swell Spark. Earlier, the- earlier today, it was best buddy. It keeps falling off the table. Yeah, it's because this, our time together keeps falling off the table. We're in the Let It Fly Media Studios and joined by the lovely Miss Jackie Wise of Prize Bank. Today's guest is someone that we know very well, Mr. Jake Reed. Jake is the president of Sporting KC. Jake? Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? How are you? We're good. It's going to be a beautiful day. Jake and I are drinking whiskey, as everyone can see, that's about four ounces down in the bottle. And Matt is drinking water. Always. Just a good time to have when it's only 830 in the morning? Or is that, should we not have said that? Uh, No, 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 no. The podcast is the podcast, so we just drink. Yeah, just making sure. Whenever. Uh, Jake, probably a bit of a silly question, so maybe expand on... There, there's probably this idea of what folks assume you do and what you actually do with Sporting KC. Yeah. Uh, so what what do you do for the organization? Yeah, you know, I always say if it was just soccer and worrying about games on Saturdays, it'd be fairly straightforward. But, um, you know, we, we have everything in-house with our business. So, you know, which I think we're one of two teams in the country that does F&B in-house. We run all of our um, staffing in-house. So... It's complex. I mean, there's a lot going on. Uh, we've also got a bunch of side businesses that run some fields complexes in town. We manage youth soccer clubs across the region. So, you know, it's a little bit of everything, but, you know, we're, we're extremely protective of the brand, which is why everything is in-house. So, you know, our, our theory is if you go out to Children's Mercy Park and you have a terrible parking experience or your hot dog's cold, it, you're not blaming third-party XYZ, you're blaming sporting. So, therefore, we're you know, control the controllables, bring it in house and do everything uh, from start to finish. So that makes the experience great. It makes the complexity of the business a little more uh, tricky to navigate at times. So you basically oversee the business operations. Yep. You don't deal with picking what players we're going to sign, correct? Thankfully for the team, no, I do not have anything to do with that. So yeah, Peter and I are, are, you know, think of us as peers in the organization. Peter is kind of our- Peter Vermees. Peter Vermees, our CEO on the uh, technical side, basically. So oversees all team uh, decisions from the first team all the way down through the academy. And then I oversee all facilities and everything on the business side. You talked about youth sports. How much of that is a factor in what you guys are really striving for, for the big picture in terms of bringing kids up to just absolutely love the sport? A ton. I mean, I think it's our biggest gateway into the brand, right? If you think about, you know, Kansas City, I think it's the fourth largest in terms of DMA and in youth soccer participation in the country, which is pretty crazy. Uh, so we've got this huge opportunity of, of all these kids that are playing a lot of us may have played as kids. You kind of drop off when you get to, you know, a certain age because then you usually do basketball, football, whatever. I think that's changed more. I think you're, you're seeing kids stick it through. But, you know, either way, I think for us, it's an easy pipeline into our brand. And, you know, from there, whether you're coming to matches, whether you're buying retail, whether you're watching on TV, you know, we don't really care. We just want to get you uh, inside the, the tent and keep you there. Let's talk about the sport of soccer. I should say the business of soccer in the United States over the course of the last 20 years. Um, It's changed quite a bit. The MLS is relatively new in in the grand scheme of our professional sports organizations. Um, And we're at, it seems like a turning point in the U.S. when it comes to soccer, recent news for Kansas City and World Cup. Um, What are kind of some of your big goals or pictures or projections of of how the sport is going to continue to change over the course of the next, call it five, 10 years. 
It's been wild. I mean, I started in 2010 for context, and we had 15 teams in the league the first year um, I joined. So we're at 20, 29 going into 23, which uh, was St. Louis coming on board. Uh, we'll be at 30 sometime in the the near future. Um, so, I mean, think of that. In 12 years, we've added, we've doubled the size of the league. Is that the resting place, by the way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, right now, that's that's where they're at. Um, I, I think every league reserves the right to expand on that. But yeah, I think 30 feels good right now for us. And the commissioner has been pretty open that that's where they're going to stop. And so, you know, we're going to, you know, 2026, which is the World Cup year, will be the 30th anniversary of, of Major League Soccer. You know, it was it was founded and launched in, in 96 off the heels of the 94 World Cup, which was the last time it was in North America. Um, so to think where we are now and where we will be at the 30th anniversary with World Cup, with just momentum and everything taking place, um, it's crazy. I mean, you, listen, I always say to business owners, if you knew in four years you had this monumental event that was going to be transformational in your business and you could plan for it. I mean, that, that's kind of what we have. Right. I mean, no one gets that opportunity. So it's exciting. I don't know where the sport's going to go. But, you know, if I was buying stock, soccer is a good stock to buy in terms of Major League Soccer and where we're headed right now. So a question on that, you talked about all these new teams coming in, franchise fees, more or less for owners to be able to have the rights to own these MLS teams. Is that public information? You see some of the evaluations are. So I think Seattle was just out there at 800 million in terms of their valuation. I mean, typically what happens if- What, 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 what do they have to pay the MLS for the rights to be an MLS franchise? I guess that's where I'm going. Yeah, with. right now it's, I think the last one was Charlotte and that was 325, 325 million. Um, and again, that's the right to have a franchise. That's not your- staffing startup costs. That's not your stadium costs. It's not training center costs. So, um, yeah, I mean, so I, the next team that comes in at 30 will, will, you know, I'd be higher than that. You would, you would think. Um, and again, 10 years ago, I don't know what they were going for when we came in, but it was less than a hundred million. Right. So, I mean, it, it's not a lot. And then you look at Seattle who just got yeah, again, an 800 million valuation. So yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy where things are headed, but it's, it's exciting. And I think, man, the next four years are going to be fun. So Andy and I, drink the Kool-Aid here in Kansas City, or rather the well, Kansas mine's, City mine's alcoholic whiskey Kool-Aid. Yours established is not 1887. <laughs> I just like you're finally telling people that I don't partake in your alcoholic beverages. Only in it's this been specific our episode. Yeah. Um, we, we love Kansas City. I know that you love Kansas City, but I have the opportunity to travel quite a bit, and Kansas City really does have a, a real love for our team here locally that I don't see in a lot of the other markets that I go to. So it feels like Kansas City is an industry leader when it comes to what is going on in the national soccer scene with you, obviously, as a part of the city, but also a part of this larger MLS organization. Like, uh, how are you what are your conversations like as far as, hey, this is what we need to do, not just in our organization, but as the MLS, as we prepare for the World Cup? And then what are maybe just some of your hopes and goals for how you think um, Kansas City is going to change maybe through your influence or vice versa over the course of the next five years? Yeah, it's a big question and one that we're we're trying to figure out right now. I, one, I agree. I think Kansas City gets a ton of credit. I mean, we, we show, I think, as well, if not better than any other city in terms of kind of major league soccer support. Um, and so there's there's something to the chip on the shoulder mentality. I think there's a parochial, you know, focus on teams and excitement and, and Kansas City and that that comes through. And I think for World Cup, that's one of the reasons we got it. I mean, I, uh, I've had a lot of interviews around, you know, what separated Kansas City from everyone else. And it's hard to pinpoint that. I wasn't in Switzerland making that decision around the FIFA table. But, you know, we'd get consistent feedback that, like, 
we were just, gosh, it's Kansas City. Yeah, we know. You guys are excited. We know you really want it. I mean, it almost became this kind of joke with FIFA, like, oh, gosh, like these guys again. Like, here they go. Like, they're all <laughs> jazzed up, ready to go. Um, but that counts, right? I think that matters when you're talking about, okay, like, are these guys going to deliver? It's like, those guys are. Like, Kansas City, they're not messing around. Like, they're going to show up. And so it's no surprise out of the 11 cities, you know, we're the only one outside the top 12 DMA. So it's the classic, like, one of these is not like the other. And that's that's us. And I think we'll take that pride and carry it through this process over the next four years. And I think our goal is, I've been saying to our staff, we're not trying to get ready to host the, 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 the world's game in Kansas city. We're trying to get ready to showcase Kansas city globally. I mean, that's what we're getting ready for. Right. I mean, putting on the match, I'm not diminishing the, the efforts that will go into the, you know, whatever it is, five to seven matches that we have, like that's a lot of work, but the real key is like what happens the day after the world cup for Kansas city and what's that legacy look like. And I think that's the, the more important focus as we, you know, look to 2026. And I've seen you do that through call it partnerships. I mean, you, you know, there's, you all do things with sporting KC in stadium at a stadium we've done had partnerships with sporting KC as well. And so you all really are an ambassador of the city. How is, how is making sure that you emphasize that maybe just played into your overall success um, at sporting over the last decade? I think it's a huge part. We talk about being hyper local. Um, all of our owners are from here. They've all got, you know, their families are here. The kids went to school here. Their businesses are are based here. Kansas City is the reason they bought the club, right? I mean, they, if you go back in time when Lamar was was giving them the sales pitch, I mean, Cliff tells us a lot. It was they didn't they felt like if you lost a major league team, you, you'd, your city would be diminished. And so they bought it to keep it in. Kansas City and to make Kansas City great. And so, yeah, I think everything we do is with the lens of how is this great for for the city, right? We love local partnerships. Certainly there's some national brands that, you know, are are relevant, but if you look at what we've done by and large, it's been a huge focus on on local and regional and how do we make this place um, better and how do we help contribute back to the community? And so, yeah, that's the lens that we always approach the business from and I think that's the same we'll look at the World Cup through as we get ready for for hosting that in a couple of years. What are some of the things about the world cup coming up that sporting directly is going to have real involvement with either from a business operations side or a facilities use side or a leveraging side or just really anything that you can think of that is something that will really help everyone understand just how involved our own MLS team is going to be in making this event successful. Yeah, I mean, TBD on some of it, but for sure, the training sites, I mean, our, our training facility at Compass Minerals is is the best in the bid by far. You've got um, Swope Parkway, which will be in the mix uh, as well. So I, th- I think we'll have a direct management of the experience for a lot of those teams coming into Kansas City. Uh, there's been a good collaboration on the, the path to get the bid between, you know, Sports Commission, Chiefs, us. Um, both sides of the state line, cities, states, et cetera. So, yeah, I, I think where we will try to help is just the experience for the sport, right? We have a good idea of what the teams are going to want. We obviously do this for our our day job, so we can probably influence a lot of the experiential side versus the actual stadium side, which the Chiefs will be, you know, uh, leading the charge on. But I think for us, it's it's more about, listen, we also want everyone that comes in, team, referees, fans, doesn't matter, to just have this as the best impression they've got of any host city. I mean, that's kind of our goal is we want Kansas City to show better than anything else. And I think that starts with the time you, you know, land at the new airport to the time you you get back on that plane and leave and everything that happens in between is where we want to try to influence as much as we can. Will the MLS shut down for that month? 
Yeah, probably. Um, you know, I, I would expect at least a two week break over the group stage and then maybe back up. But yeah, well, the league will definitely shut down for at least two or three weeks. Let's back up a little bit. I know we're talking a lot about the World Cup, so let's put that aside for a minute. How do you how did you become president of Sporting KC? How did you get into this role? Uh, Andy mentioned before the show, you were not a soccer player. Yeah. Right. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know much about the sport at all. So I, uh, I've been in sports my whole career. Worked in the NBA for about four years. Had an opportunity. No, no, to no, 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 no. Start <laughs> earlier. Born and raised. Let's hear it. Yeah, so I'm an Ohio guy, so Northeast Ohio. So thankfully, I'm a Buckeye fan because my Cleveland teams are usually a depressing uh, <laughs> uh, team sport to uh, to go through. Uh, went to a small D3 school, played hoops, um, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Wanted to be working sports because I loved sports and wasn't good enough to, to play sports. So that was my that was the thought process of 21 year old uh, Jake Reed on how uh, his career got off the ground. And then, you know, got into the uh, working in the NBA on the sales side, uh, did that for about four years, had an opportunity to go to England to work at Derby County Football Club. Uh, keep in mind, I knew nothing about soccer at this point in time. So you're talking about going to England, working for a soccer team, knowing next to nothing about the sport. Um, and I was your classic, like I'd watch World Cup because I watch everything mm -hmm. USA, right? Just like I watched the Olympics and- Ted Lasso was the head coach of Ted, the team. Ted Lasso, I was the early preview of Ted Lasso. <laughs> right? um, it was based the, on you? The dumb yes. American who wow. knew nothing about soccer. I mean, wow. I, 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 I had no idea. There should be some copyright infringement I should look into here. Uh, so did that for two years and it was great. And that's, you know, I, I got in touch with with these guys or rather they got in touch with me and said, hey, we're, we're doing this new stadium thing. Are you interested? And um, I thought I'd be here for about three years, get the stadium open and then jump back to the NBA. And so I told Cliff, I'm in year three of my uh, or year 12 of my three year plan, but it's worked out <laughs> um, OK so far. And, you know, so I came in as, as uh, vice president of ticket sales and you just a couple opportunities along the way. And and here we are. What, what were those hops? Because. VP of ticket sales is very, very different than yeah. directing all business operations. Yeah. What were those stair steps? So I guess technically it was director of ticket sales, then VP of ticket sales. Our EVP of revenue had left to go to uh, the Hawks in Atlanta. They did a search. Um, I didn't even apply for the job um, for chief revenue officer because I was like, I'm not qualified for this. So they were doing an outside search and then they grabbed me one day and were like, hey, you're going to be CRO. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this. And they're like, you'll figure it out. I mean, this is literally the conversation. I was like, okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I say that a little bit jokingly, but I credit to them. They clearly saw something. And I think I demonstrated something over those three years I'd been here um, at that point that they knew I would just indeed go figure it out. And so was chief revenue officer for uh, about three and a half years. And then uh, 2016 uh, moved into the president role. And, and here we are. There we go. So as we look forward now, and again, let's try to keep World Cup aside, what are some of your goals for your organization, some of your goals for the city? Yeah, we're focused on, I mean, a regional approach is important to us. I mean, I talk a lot about, you know, there's a good book called The Obstacle is the Way by um, Matt Holliday. And, you know, to me, the obstacle for us is we're, we're a small market team, right? We're, we're 32 or 33 DMA. We're not on the coast. We're flyover. We're whatever cliche you want to use on Kansas City. The, the, the challenge is also, I think, the opportunity, which is there's no teams around us in this region, right? So St. Louis is coming in, which will be great from a uh, competitive rival standpoint. But other than that, you've got Chicago, North, Dallas, South, you know, Colorado to the West, and then, you know, Sensi, Columbus, East. It's a big footprint that we can impact, right? And so I think, how do we expand our brand from not just Kansas City, but to the surrounding states? We've got a great youth soccer presence in Nebraska, Iowa, uh, Oklahoma, 
Kansas, Missouri, and you know, and how do we take advantage of that fan base? So that's that's our our probably main focus right now is you know kind of a regional uh, growth opportunity. That said, we still have a ton to do, you know, locally in market. And, you know, I think we've got a great team that's focused on on that. And we're excited. I, it's funny. A lot of times, well, you guys are you're sold out a lot. You know, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, plenty. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're staying busy. But, you know, again, I think it's gosh, we still feel like we're, you know, just learning to, to walk right now in terms of the opportunities ahead of us as we um, as we look forward. I actually saw an interesting stat with um, just talking about Kansas City being, you know, what everyone assumes is just terrible. And. Uh, NFL Pro Bowlers were all interviewed with anonymous responses on uh, several different questions. And one of the questions was, what is your favorite city to be an away team and go play at? And Kansas City was one of like three or four cities that had multiple votes from players saying that it was one of their favorite cities to travel to. Why? Probably the barbecue, that they just get a really good barbecue meal for their one meal that they're here for. But regardless... It was still really cool to see the cities that you would expect were not where people said they wanted to be yeah, as visiting players. Yeah. You have any more questions or can I, Matt, I always, I, do I, your I, thing. I don't, don't want to steal your thunder. No, 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 <laughs> no, right. no, 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 Jake, we always uh, end with a non-sports related question. And so aside from marriage or kids or this podcast or this podcast, which is the clear favorite for everyone, what is the coolest thing that you have ever done? Probably scuba dive. I mean, it. Um, I, I got into it. We would travel when I was, um, you know, a kid. Obviously, with my parents, and so my my brother didn't want anything to do with it. My dad and I did it, and um, it's just crazy. If you haven't done it, it's hard to describe being underwater, 120 feet, swimming around, and seeing everything going on. So it's a pretty. I mean, it's probably the closest thing to being in, in space, which I don't plan on doing anytime in the near future. So I think for now, scuba still uh, still takes the cake. But yeah. what was the coolest thing you ever have seen scuba diving? Uh, hammerhead shark went above us about 40 feet, which was exciting and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> That's amazing. You don't have to be the fastest swimmer. You just can't, can't be, be the, the slowest. slowest. Exactly. Or you just pull someone else's tank and then you get away. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, on behalf of Let It Fly Media, Emprise Bank, uh, the Jay Rieger & Co. Distillery, Swell Spark, so grateful that you made time in your busy schedule to share with us today. Um, obviously, we are really excited to see uh, how you all continue to grow and change our city for the better over the course of the next handful of years and wish you all the success on and off the field. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. It was a blast.